0: Welcome to the 5th, the 5th episode of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic again and oh, we're going to talk about the mixed bag known as WrestleMania Backlash. I am Tiger Heights and I am your new brand spanking new Majestic Champion of the World, the Gallery of Many Peanuts. Yes. So, there's this one thing, it's a curse. Whoever you never hold the championship on your birthday My birthday is right. Literally tomorrow And I lost it Tonight And I am mad Hey 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 Tiger Height You wanna know What uh, Cesaro's Favorite Ernest Henningway Book is Should I Sure what A uh, Farewell to Arms I fucking hate you <laughs> So anyway Let's talk <laughs> So with bullshit jokes And bullshit finishes <laughs> aside Let's talk about this show. Um, what was our first match of the show? Peanut. I don't remember. Do you really not remember? Um, so we had the pre-show match, which was uh, Seamus taking on the Open Challenge for the United States Champion. And the Open Challenge was accepted by Ricochet. And Nothing happened. Well, honestly, I really like this match. I mean, I mean, with every other match that happened during the show, I kind of wish this was on the regular show. Yeah, but I can um, think of I think of a couple matches we can take out and forget about completely. Ooh, oh boy, people, you know that we're gonna have some fun on this show. I'm sorry, my camera's so awful. Um, mothership is still in town as she tried to call, and it kind of threw me off kilter. But it's all right, no problem. Um, so. Uh yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and it was a pump knee for Sheamus to win. So our next contest, well, our opening contest for this show, yep. um, was probably I don't know. I, I have a mixed bag feeling about this. It was Rhea Ripley defending the Raw Women's Champion against Charlotte Flair and Oscar. Yeah. Um. I thought they worked really hard and yeah. there were some great moments in this match just overall, but yeah. you know, for a Ray Ripley match I'm not or for any of these three girls match right. I'm not terribly surprised, but I don't know. There was something here that felt too choreographed. Yeah, it, it felt a little too choreographed for my for my taste. Right. Um too many moving parts. And they, they tried to do too much. Yes, you can do a triple threat match. Remember, and this is one of these matches where less is more at right. the end of the day, and they just didn't get that. Right now, rivalry wise, it was okay coming in. It was pretty typical. This is, you know, the thing is, is that we're, at, we're essentially at the backlash pay per view for for WrestleMania. This I is mean, backlash. There, there isn't really a it's lot. It's literally WrestleMania. There backwards. isn't really a lot of new stuff going on. It's just kind of an. Ex- well, <laughs> extension. Adding Charlotte's okay, but We're gonna be, still I mean, it's just like well okay. when we when we talk about fucking wrestling lesson there's definitely going to be a difference yeah. there. Let's put it that way, right? Because you think about WrestleMania and you think that they want to start some new stuff, yeah, right? But ras- wrestling lesson is going to be a great example of literally all right, of this. But they they in recent years they really haven't done that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see some good examples of it. Like I like the Rhea Ripley, um, you know Charlotte Flair sort of vibe but we see we've seen this before we literally saw it on last quarantine year. wrestlemania yeah right now we never really got like a full-blown resolution to the rivalry because there wasn't really anything right. for charlotte to have i mean she defended it um uh, against i think it was with rhea ripley it was rhea ripley Shirai and Io was Shirai. It. yep it was, Io Shirai was in it who won with her historic reign so really at the end of the day was rhea ripley really there I mean, I don't right. think she was. She was just there for the namesake. Right. And kind of in the same way as this, they wanted Charlotte in the match because it's Charlotte. Right. Um, the match itself was fine. I wasn't mad about right. it. But it, was he... just, it was just kind of there. But uh, Rhea Ripley did pin Asuka. I'm going to assume that what's going to happen at this point is that they're going to be continuing um, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley for yep. the Raw Women's Belt, and Asuka will be pushed to the wayside because uh, Flair is back. Right. So... Um so there we have it. Yeah, I can't really say I'm mad about it, but yeah. I'm mad about let's, it. Let's let's move on to the third we'll, match. we'll, we'll so let's bitch let's, let's later. move on to the second match of the main card which is yes, Rey Mysterio versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode of the Dirty Dogs. Uh, Dominic was attacked before the match even Which happened. was really bad. If you saw that backstage segment, oh my it was, god, it was it was, was, it, was it was dog shit. It was so bad. I have a drill. I don't know why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways, so
0: speaking of drilling things in my head, I felt like this with some of these segments tonight. No, the, the, the next match was like drilling a uh, gigantic— Oh, no, no, I I would, like... I would rather sit there and fucking do that, but, you know, we'll cross right. that bridge when we come to it. Let's talk about—so uh, Dominic showed back up. Um, so really, the the whole injury angle was literally a nothing sandwich. Right. They just wanted to build things. Um, here's the my thing about this match. I liked this match. Um, I th- but the problem was is that um, you know they came back and the Mysterio's kind of just lost their injury aspect right. of it, and then they just did moves and won cleanly. And that really was th- that was a weird thing for me, is my, that yeah, it seems like exactly Dominic, when yeah. Dominic came back, he just suddenly lost the fact that they and then injured Rey Mysterio his lost his knee, like his leg injury. For somebody who's so experienced like right. Rey Mysterio, for some reason he couldn't really do it. I don't know why. I guess that's why they're, that's why they're languishing around the mid-card, right? And it's very unfortunate, because it obviously it's Rey Mysterio, he's very right. good, and... His stuff with Ziggler and Rude was very good. It was very good stuff. <laughs> do you think that somehow Dominic Mysterio makes Rey Mysterio worse? Um, I don't think it was that particularly. I think they just wanted to move on. And oh, here- okay. Yeah, um, I don't think Mysterio I don't think Dominic within of himself is like a crutch for Mysterio. Obviously, right. if Mysterio wanted to do anything he could have been in the main event scene, but he really doesn't want to. He wants to make sure that Dominic is prepared, right? Because how long does Mysterio have, right? And I thought I think with this, even with Dominic and Ray as tag team champions. It kind of gives them more of that, okay, now you're an established champion tag team. Right. Let's make sure that happens. They do not want to lose the credibility of Dominic and Rey Mysterio as a tag team immediately. Right. And you know the Dirty Dogs are going to get another opportunity at the belts because they're a very good tag team. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, this is the strongest tag division in all of WWE. Uh, That's not very, I mean, you're talking about the the WWE is not strong in general as far as your tag. I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm literally talking about every brand that they have possible. 205 Live, Raw, NXT, NXT UK, the SmackDown has the most diverse... No, they don't. Strongest tag team. They, the they really don't. I think they do. Mm. Who else do you think is better? I think NXT's tag division is a little bit stronger. Uh, I don't know. They, they were fine, but honestly, at this point, I'm just like... <sighs> There, there's, there are a lot. There is a variety of there's teams. There's not a team that's exciting. At least right. with this, you have the Dirty Dogs. You have Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Name Chad me, Gable and Otis are picking up wins left and fucking right. But nobody cares about Chad Gable and Otis. They're still winning. It doesn't matter. Do you They're guys, still... you remember that one time way back in the day when Otis won the Money in the Bank? Yeah, and he was like <laughs> the hottest <laughs> thing in wrestling. Um, and now with him being a heel, I don't hate it. And, obviously, there's stuff there. At the very least, there are credible fucking tag teams here. And and who Who else? Who the fuck on Raw? They keep splitting people up. Yeah, I know. SmackDown's like three tag teams, though. He just named three they have more than And teams. then you got you got Montez Ford and whatever. Yeah, you have the Street Profits who are obviously a very good tag team. They're not doing much these days. Uh, they're not doing much these days right now and I don't know why. Obviously they were trying to push Dominic and Ray, but I know it's like of- you got Bianca Belair who's women's champion right now and you're not pushing the Street Profits along with her. You would think that they would be a great bedrock for a strong possibly a main eventer at some point in time to come in and like be like the evolution or something like that. Maybe. But who cares? You never know what's gonna happen later. I think they just That's wanted. True. I think they just wanted to do the history making thing. Anyway, when we come back, Ray. when we come back, we are going to. When we come, we are back, going. No, well, no. Or well, I guess for the next. Yeah, part. let's let's go into the next match. <laughs> All right. So this is quite possibly the greatest match in the history of professional wrestling. So I just want I just want <laughs> to make it clear, ladies and gentlemen, that this. Well, number one is. Um, very safe for work very advertiser friendly tap water and pina gallery has his advertiser friendly glass of it, grape juice nope it, it it well it was water i mean it turned itself into wine oh okay i see what's happening there okay sorry that so, seth rollins come into my life i accepted him as my lord and savior interesting well we'll um we'll go into pina gallery's weird sense of religious affiliation here in a minute but I wanted to go on to the next match after this BS, but apparently Pena Gallery wants to talk about this it. This was the greatest match of all time. So I swear to God, Damien Priest and The Miz in a lumberjack match. And if you're sitting here like, oh, you know, Damien Priest and The Miz in a lumberjack match, there's nothing against it. And if it was any, if it was that, I wouldn't be mad. But let's talk about the sponsors for this great. So pay-per-view. it was um, Army of the Dead. Yes, yes Army, uh, Army of the Dead or something like that. It's, it's a Netflix show so that Batista's going to be a part of. Great. I, it, at that point, it was fine. Well, he, Batista did the narration for the, for the beginning part it of it. It was fine. It was fine. But the I'm just not sure if I can oh, say this without... It's like, raining pretty hard right now out there. Are you sure that's rain? Are you sure that's not just the AC going? I don't know. Let me check. Yeah, go and Anyways, check. go in, go Lance. So, here's my thing. Okay, the Lumberjacks were fucking... Zombies. Zombies. It's it's the AC. It is. Yeah, I assumed. It's the AC. Sorry, I thought it was raining. I'm like, oh, they, it's finally raining. They were zombies. People, they, they were literal zombies. They were coming out of every which way. The Miz was scared of them. Damien Priest was attacking them and... I think we spent like the entire match. We basically just meme the hell out of it. Mothership was making dinner, and I and she was like, "Am I missing anything?" I'm like, "I mean, <laughs> unless you want to like end life, yes, but no, you're not." No, it was um, terrible. It was it was an awful match. The match itself was dog shit. It wasn't. You can the tell match that the match itself wasn't very good. The, you can tell that they were just not into this whatsoever. The the Miz the Miz was think, just the, John, the Miz the Miz is like the. The, the Miz is just, he's the WWE guy. He'll do anything for this company. So do you remember when I pulled out this power drill? Watch, That's kind of what it felt like. Watch me as I put this through my eyeball, okay? And even then, it was and even then that could be more entertaining will, than this match. It will most certainly be more entertaining. The match itself was dog shit. The gimmick yep. was horrible. Um, everyone was focused on the stupid fucking zombies the entire goddamn time. It's like, time. please, God, end this match. I was so Frustrated. It was long. It was just embarrassing. Yep. And uh, social media blew up. I mean, I was basically tweeting every meme that I could find under the fucking sun, and just I was I was legitimately mad. And definitely, we're gonna yep. go through this when we make pro wrestling majestic again. But for God's sake. I know. I mean, prayers. Like for. <sighs> If you really think this shit is going to put over Damien Priest and The Miz, you have another thing coming. The tonight. Miz doesn't need it. Damien Priest, he deserved something better. Right. It was fine with Bad Bunny, but at the some point in time, you just have to drop this. At least with Bad Bunny, it was like a person who was dedicated and loved the business and had respect for it and tried to but not these up but, but not these fucking... What? Zo- people dressed as zombies. There was no association with it to the match whatsoever. I know. Now, if Damien Priest was like, oh, I'm going to resurrect zombies, (laughs) whatever. But it wasn't. You know what? I'm going to bitch about this later. It was dog shit. If you want to see one of the worst matches of the year by a mile. I'm even going to say this. This is my worst match of the year currently. Oh, God, and it will probably stay in place for I a good you, long time. I, mean, I guarantee you by December, we're still going to say it's going to be this with, um, with uh, Shit's Not Hard Awards, okay? Right. It was just that bad. There we go. So this is the match that I wanted to get to, but unfortunately, Pina Gallery wanted me to bitch about the Priest Miz match. That was the match before! It was. Um, it was uh, Bianca Belair defending her SmackDown Women's Champion against. Bayley. Oh my God! What a bad match. Bianca Belair is still a little on the green side. It, it was, she, was... she really is, and I get it. You know, when you have like with somebody with like Sasha Banks and Bailey's not a bad wrestler. There was, no, just something, there Bayley, was something here that was not. Clicking. I think I think Bailey had a harder time carrying this match than Sasha yeah, Banks. did. One hundred percent. Bailey is Bailey is not experienced enough to carry the match with someone as green as Bianca Belair. Exactly. I just realized I'm getting a bunch of go away. Yeah, no, stop with your notifications. I'm sorry. I forgot to turn them off. Experience that, people. That was my LinkedIn. Anyway. <laughs> they they couldn't see it, I don't think. Um they, well they could barely see. It. They saw the LinkedIn thing, but if somebody oh. actually like interpreted it, whatever. Ah. Anyway, um the match itself was literally nothing. Yeah. Um, it, it, I will say at least one thing. It was better than the triple threat yeah. by at least a little bit. Um, Bianca Blair definitely showed her greenness in this match. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was by, not by a wall. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it felt too safe. Um, the rivalry going into it didn't make any sense to me either. Really? I thought the rivalry itself was fine. Um, but here's my problem. I knew about the match before I knew about the story. And it's okay if Bianca Belair is not on a fucking pay-per-view for a month to build something. You guys have a huge roster full of guys. Right. Like... Let's let's build some stuff. Right. You don't have to have the women. You know, here's the thing is that I think that if this was given a little more time to develop, I think it would have been good. Right. I just don't know where this is going to go from here. Are they just going to continue it and do what they... I mean, I feel like WWE has this pattern where they do the same old shit every single pay-per-view. Yep. There's no variety. Nope. Like, oh, it's like the same match four times in a row. It five is the times same, four, in, it is I know. same match four times in a row. What the fuck all are you going to say? Right. Right. And it's just so boring. I mean, we'll talk about this when we make it more when we make it majestic again. Yeah. But for the sake of um transparency, it was like the sloppiest roll up in the world for Bianca Belair to retain yep. the championship. So at least there was that. And Bailey tried her best. Yeah. But Bianca Belair, uh bless her heart, she's gonna be great. I love Bianca Belair, but she's just a little too green right. for this. Yeah. Um, but we'll uh go oh God. Um actually I like this match, so we'll do that. So for WWE Champion Bobby Lashley defended against Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre. I liked this match for a really fun, hard-hitting hoss match. Yeah, pretty much. That's what um, it was. It was smash mouth, nothing pretty. No. And I loved it. I like these kinds of matches where you have three big dudes just beating right. each other up. Right. you feel like, oh my god, that was really sloppy. No, especially after the last two matches, we needed this, let's make it look like a bar fight match. Right. And uh, Braun Strowman shined. This is where Strowman shined. Right. Now, storyline-wise, it this one I actually made a little more sense. Yeah, it actually I really... Yeah. I, uh, like People are like, oh my god, they already had matches against each other. Yeah, but it built to this match, and I was more excited about yeah. it. The only thing that I think would have made it a little bit better is if Randy Orton was involved, and it was a fail four-way match. Because remember, Randy Orton was involved in the number one contender's triple threat match. So this is true, I yeah. I felt like having him in this match would have been good. But, but I'm, I'm okay with him and Riddle. Like, yeah. it's, it's eh, fine. It's fine. I'm actually okay with it because I, they definitely I, it still, need some it still has to it still has to grow on me. I'm not a fan the, the, the yet. The memes the memes are amazing, so I can't be mad. Oh about yeah, it, you totally. can't. Yeah, um, but this was a really fun Haas match. Yeah. Um, just a ton of fun. Lashley went through like an LED board. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun seeing that. Um, everybody looked really great in the match, and Lashley won with the spear. He is still WWE champion. The yep. title has like a, so. Um I think I'm the only human being that gives enough of a shit about this but the championship um part of the um part of the little swoosh underneath the W in the logo on the WWE champion did not have the red in it it was gold mm-hmm. um, you would feel like that'd be something that wwe would double check to make sure that their wwe champion did not look like our current majestic champion right um but they didn't right. but other like other than that really weird nitpicky shit about a fucking artist um this match i like this yeah. match you know it, it, was, was, it was, was it was a nice little palate yeah. cleanser for the, the amazing main event Oh god yes. And finally we got the main event for the Universal Champion Roman Reigns defending against Cesaro. This was definitely match of the night. 100% match of the night. The rivalry going into this was decent. They could have used a little more time. I think I, a little a I little I wanted I wanted more Uso involvement. I did too. I really missed that. that. Was what was I missing. was what I was missing. Yep. What was the most interesting to me about this rivalry going into was the dynamic between Jimmy and Jay Uso. I wanted, I wanted Jimmy Uso to align himself with Cesaro, or at least kind of have or, this conflict right. because that's the best thing on SmackDown right, right. now. because Jimmy, Jimmy and Jey Uso are so great; they're almost like brothers. I mean, they're. I mean, <laughs> I mean. They're literally twins. <laughs> like you can't get you can't get you cannot get any more brother other than them being attached to each other. somehow. <laughs> right. But um, the match itself was so. Awesome. Anyways, the match itself was great, but I did miss that USO dynamic. Dynamic. Um, there was the one after the fact where Jay Uso continued. Right. But this is the one thing where it's like. So I don't watch a lot of then, WWE outside then, of the pay per view. Right. And then randomly, you got Seth Rollins showing up. Yeah, Seth Rollins. Rollins came in after the match. So Roman Reigns did win with the guillotine. Yeah. Um, Cesaro did not tap out. So I'm going to assume that they're going to do that again. But Cesaro comes in, attacks... Or, I'm sorry. Uh, Seth Rollins comes in, attacks Cesaro, um, essentially just beats him up. Right. And, um, it, it, God, I, I don't know. Uh, this match was just so great. And Cesaro, mm-hmm. I kind of wish there was some more outside interference for yeah. Reigns. Yeah. Um, just because, then at this point, it's like Cesaro is really in the back of the line. Now, if they want to do um, Seth Rollins and Cesaro and in Helena in Cell, winner number one contender for a SummerSlam, I'm okay with that. Well, we'll talk about that when we're making right. majest- when we're making pro wrestling majestic again. But anyways, this was honestly my favorite this match. This was tonight. so good. These two are they. They have great. chemistry. They could have gone for another thirty minutes, and I wouldn't have been mad. Yeah, they have great chemistry. They have wonderful timing. Um, Roman Reigns continues to be the beacon of the main event scene in WWE. Yep. The hottest thing going, go away, Bumble. And um, overall, it was great. Mm -hmm. It was so freaking awesome. Yep. Uh, But it was a great main event uh, for some odd reason. That was the end of the show. And uh, when we come back, Peanut Gallery. Hi. Going to be talking about something. No, it's the the topic is called Backlash and Forth with um with single branded pay-per-views. All right. Well, we'll um I'll I'll hit him for that and we'll be right back with that. All right, and we are back. Pena Gallery. Hecklin from the hard camera. What are we talking about? All right. Well, like I said before the break, the title of this topic is called Backlash and Forth with single-brand pay-per-views. So we're going to talk about the history of single-branded pay-per-views, um, and the reason that I picked this topic was because every single time they switched back and forth from uh, single-branded to dual-branded pay-per-views was always the pay-per-view after WrestleMania. Right. It being the pay-per-view after WrestleMania, I thought it was an appropriate time to do so. So let's go over a little bit of history here before I get to kind of the pros and cons of single-branded pay-per-views to kind of see what you guys think. So pay-per-views are the biggest money makers in general for these companies like UFC, boxing, WWE, amongst other branded you know, um, uh, companies like, like that. Um, WWE is a company that's had a pay-per-view every single month and they've had this since 1996 and sometimes they've had more than one pay-per-view each month. I think like the most I've seen was like 15 pay-per-views in a year. Yep. Uh, So when WWE makes, uh, so when fans make their decision about whether or not to purchase a pay, now this was, of course, pre-WWE Network, pre-Peacock, uh Peacock, you know, whatever that is, where people actually had to purchase pay-per-views, oftentimes people look at the match card, the storylines, and the wrestlers participating in the show. After the Alliance storyline ended in late 2001, the... Uh, Company found itself overcrowded with talent, and this is something that we saw, you know, with the draft and everything like that happening. This is when the company created brands. The brands were then created into weekly television programs called Raw and SmackDown. After WrestleMania um, 18, WWE had both of their brands compete at every pay per view event. It actually wasn't until late 2002 when WWE started labeling with brands representing the events. WWE Bad Blood was the first exclusive pay-per-view produced for the Raw brand. Yep. And I think it was Goldberg and uh, Triple H in the main event, if I'm not mistaken about that. The first ever pay-per-view that was... I do know Kane was involved. I think that was a triple threat, if I'm not mistaken. I could be very wrong about uh, that, but Kane was like on top. So, anyways, WWE continued to have their big four events Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series dual branded. WWE No Way Out 2007 was the final brand exclusive pay per view of that first era. No Way Out? No Way Out 2007. Oh. We're not talking about the new No Way Out, which was the first of the oh, new okay. iterations. You just, oh, you she didn't give me a picture for right. that, so I was just confused. After WrestleMania 23, many fans were expecting backlash to be represented by Raw. And you tune into SmackDown the following weekend, they announced their main event for Backlash. Did I hear that correctly? SmackDown main eventing Backlash? Remember, at this point in time, WWE had three brands, Raw, SmackDown, and ECW. Right. Um, So after WrestleMania 23, they decided to drop the brand-exclusive pay-per-views. Now there are a lot of speculation as to why they decided to drop it. Um, the most notable of which being the disasters of pay-per-views in the winter leading up to, leading up to the uh, leading up to WrestleMania 23. You can talk about December to December all day long. Right. But even before WrestleMania 23, they were toying around with you know non-big four pay-per-views having multiple brands in it. As we saw during December to December, amongst many other events. Um, and so after that, you expected Judgment Day to be presented by SmackDown. Guess what? Ron and ECW were also represented in Judgment Day. So you knew at that point on, wrestling events would be uh, dual, tri branded, whatever the case may be. Right. When each pay-per-view was brand-exclusive, WWE could use all of their talent in one event. With a month in between each brand-exclusive pay-per-view, WWE could have built up more storylines. That was one of the pros. One of the cons is, of course, the fact that there's only one brand represented, which, uh, depending on how popular the wrestlers are in each show, could contribute to less pay-per-view buy rates, and it really just depends on the event itself. You definitely saw that with the 2003, like, Raw pay-per-views had, like, a really strong main event scene, but not a really good undercard, but then SmackDown literally had the opposite. Right, and then, of course, um, in 2016, the WWE did their... Rebrand extension. Their first events coming back into right. uh, the the single brand was their No Mercy pay per view, which was the first ever Raw. I mean SmackDown yep. exclusive pay per view. SmackDown Live. SmackDown Live's exclusive, and this lasted for about a year and a half until they dropped they, they it, before, drop it before before WrestleMania thirty four. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I love exclusive views And so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that because I'm done with the story part of the whole brand exclusivity pay-per-views. But let's talk about the pros and cons of brand exclusive pay-per-views. What do you like most about brand exclusive pay-per-views? So what I like about these is that I felt like even with even the current today's standards, I felt like there was even more competition within the brands. Okay. They wanted to make sure that they gave the best pay per view, and they knew that every storyline had to be top notch to succeed in that. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2002, you had the SmackDown 6 Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle, Eddie um, Edge, uh, Rey Mysterio, and uh, I'm missing somebody, but uh, Crispin Watt. And they, you knew that when they were in a match, they were always going to have great things. You had the solid first-ever WWE Tag Team Champions with Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. You had the Cruiserweight division, which was always, even though it wasn't star-studded, you knew that it was going to be a great opener. But then you had that solid made event scene with your people like Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, blah, 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 and SmackDown. But then, when you were go to Raw, you had Rob Van Dam, Kane, Booker T, Goldust, uh, the Dudley Boys were on Raw. But then you had that great main event scene mm-hmm. with Kane, Triple H, Goldberg, Chris Jericho, Christian. I mean, the standards of it were so on the top that mm-hmm. you had to make sure that that was the best thing because you wanted people to buy it again. Right. And you don't see that really with a dual branded because there are only a certain amount of spots that are divvied up. And at that point, it's not based on work ethic of wrestlers. It's based on what is the most popular. And the most popular should be particularly saved for the big Four, mm-hmm. Raw Rumble, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam. Summer That's it. Right. Um, that structure works because you can use the smaller pay-per-views um, from each brand right. to build to a big match for SummerSlam to get people invested into that. Right. You lose that when every fucking show is a dual branded. You lose that component of storytelling. That's just me. Okay. Um, what are your cons on on uh, on single-branded pay-per-views? The cons are is that I feel like sometimes a branded pay-per-view can look good on the card, but then in execution, it sucks. Um, we have seen weird, ridiculous storylines play out in an overall good rivalry. And also the problem with a single brand, especially with a... Um, as an example, the current SmackDown brand, uh, there aren't a lot of guys that are at least in the title picture because that's what you want. Do you mm-hmm. want Universal, Intercontinental, or Tag Team? Right. Or even the women's. if right. you're a woman. There aren't really a lot of people who can, to be honest with you, verifiably go for these championships. Tamina and uh, Natalia, just won this, uh, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. They're not going to go towards the SmackDown or Raw ta- uh, Women's Champions anytime soon because right. they're focused on that. And you know Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler are going to continue to pursue the Tag Team Champions, right. which is whatever. Um, but then you have somebody like Roman Reigns. Who the fuck do you think can face Roman Reigns at this point other than Cesaro? They haven't built anybody, and unfortunately, because now they're all dual branded, you don't have the option of building a smaller, um, a smaller uh, rivalry around a uh, two particular individuals to build a somebody to be the next contender. Right. You don't have right. that, and that's a component <clears throat> that's now going to be lost. You can lose a lot of great matches that can really put somebody. On such a different level right. because you lose the length of booking. Right. And that's something that you lose with a monthly or bimonthly um, single branded pay-per-view. Right. And that's just me. Peanut Gallery, do you have anything to add to that? Or yeah. You- so I think the yeah. biggest pro to it is, is content. And I think that's a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. I think that having a lot of content is a good thing, especially for a a network that's looking for fresh content all the time. Right. At the same time, when WWE reintroduced the uh, dual-branded concept, they had two pay-per-views going each month, except for the month between Royal Rumble and um, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. The problem with that is people only have so many Sundays that they're willing to devote to wrestling. Mm -hmm. I, myself, am one of them. What I like about uh, what I like about single branded or or dual branded pay-per-views is that it is a um, you know it's just one pay-per-view a month that I have to devote myself to. And, yes, I do understand that the, the storylines, you know, you probably don't get a lot of exposure to them because we're only watching, I mean, really, all we watch are pay-per-views right. leading up to this point. But, um, you know, I think that if they want to go back to single-branded pay-per-views, there has to be some sort of compromise made. Um, you know, I've always been a big proponent of dual-night pay-per-views. And yeah, I would love, I'd be okay with that. I would love to see... One brand one night, one brand the other night, for example, for pay-per-views. And people can just choose what night they want to watch the okay. pay-per-view on. Um, he, he would, um, if you if were going to talk about compromises, yeah. here's something that I was thinking because it's becoming more and more popular. Um, what about something like what Impact does? With yeah, a, like with Impact um, Plus. Right, with like a Peacock exclusive event and WWE was doing that with the network for a little bit there, right? And where they have some of those successful. lesser, where they have some of those lesser rivalries, right? Enter space with a big match or two, right? And it's like, okay, you can start something there, right. and Continue on, but they just don't do that anymore. I'm sorry, go ahead. I, it was just something that it kind of popped in my no. mind. I'm like, ooh, that'd be a really good idea. And you know, again, the other thing too is just buy rates. I think it would help with buy rates, but again. You know, I think if people's money and, and penny is stretched too thin, they're gonna compromise elsewhere. They're gonna not watch or anything. I mean, things. I mean, it, it's it's not um, it's, it's not as big as a problem as it used to be, right? And that's the thing. It's it's nine. I mean, I pay nine ninety nine for commercial free Peacock, right? Um, we never had an issue with Peacock. We watch I, other shows yeah. with it, so you get more content. And, and, than like, just I, the and like I now. said, I think the biggest the biggest thing now is just time. And well time time is something I'll never get back. I right. can always get back $9.99, but I can never get back three hours of bullshit. Right. Um, and you know, I think that WWE's rosters in general are too small to do dual right. uh, single branded pay per view. I it, think that if there was more depth, it would it would make sense. The other thing too is if you want to have a single branded pay per view, it. It cannot be a gimmick pay-per-view. Right. You cannot have... You a, can't do that you anymore. can't do the gimmick pay-per-views. Nope. Now, on the other hand, where I can see that work is if they switch the gimmicks every year. So they did, like, Hell in a Cell, SmackDown, one year, Raw the next year, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, Raw. They didn't do that, though. They, want to um, do, they, they didn't they, do that the second time. The first time around, there weren't really any, like... Gimmick pay-per-views. Right. And um, we'll talk about more about Gimmick pay-per-views yeah. maybe when we run into another one, which is going to be in June. Right. Um, but so, I understand where you're coming so from. So anyways, I think that... Um, you know, again, I think that dual-branded pay-per-views are really a double-edged sword. They really are. I, I think you really have to understand... Uh, the times and the dynamics upon which these wrestling promotions were and, and where they were at the time and and what the depth of the roster looked like. Like when, when WWE's roster got really small back in the 2010s, they merged everything together and made one brand. Right. And then it got large again. And then they created two brands. And I think it just ebbs and flows into these cycles. In fact... I see them merging back into a single brand before I see them doing single-branded pay-per-views again. I definitely can That's see that, That's just the ebbs too. and flows yep. of the wrestling industry. I can industry. 100% see that, and I don't <laughs> want to see that again. Right. I really don't. I don't think they will because of NXT, but at the time, you know, back in the 2010s when they were really struggling, right. you know, you really saw that they were just kind of merging things together. But anyways... Um, That's kind of what I have. Do you have anything else to add? Um, I really don't. So when we come back, I will be talking about the history of Backlash. So we are back. We're going to make Wrestling Don't Talk majestic again. But because of what happened with night number two, we have to adjust it slightly. So instead of talking about it match by match... We're going to talk about it kind of rivalry by rivalry, if right. that makes sense. Because really, a lot of the matches that happened night one happened much. night two yeah. because and vice of what, versa. Because right. of what happened. Because of, because of what happened with whoever got sick. Um, as of right now, there have only been two individuals, at least in that six man tag, um, that I mean, let's were. Let's talk about. Well, I want to talk about Jay White first. Okay. What's next for Jay White? I mean, obviously. We know that he has beef with Kazuchika Okada. Yep, um, that's gonna happen at some point. Right, but I, Okada, but Okada still has a world heavyweight championship match um, guaranteed, despite the um, postponement right. of um, Wrestling Grand Slam, which was gonna happen in Tokyo Dome. And and, and I don't I don't mind Osprey v um, v Okada. We've seen it before. It's going to be a great match, but I feel like that's kind of what it was. Obviously, with, I mean, the, the problem with Jay White and everything that's going on there is that now he has a title, and right. I don't want, I mean, oh, you said Okada, right? You said Okada White. Yeah. Okada oh, white. I, th- I thought you said Osprey. I'm like, wait, no. Osprey? Yeah, what? sorry. I, I If I said Osprey, I meant white. Okay, I think you said Okada. I might have said something. I might have heard something wrong there because, you know, both start with an O. Both are amazing, and both I jerk off to on a nightly basis. I mean, it's Okada Osprey. Let's put it that way. Right. Okay. Um, obviously, that's happening. But with Jay White, I think he's in the perfect spot right now. No, Jay White's fine where he's at. Right. and I don't gonna... want Jay way to do anything else other than what he's doing right and now. And obviously, I don't mind the thing with Tanahashi. If they even do another match for the Never Openweight title. Which because... they probably will because yep. he is entitled to a rematch clause, Yep, of absolutely. And I will not be mad about that because this was a great match. All right, so question is, and what's next for uh, Tama Tonga, Tonga and Taichi, and Zack Sabre Jr.? Obviously, at this point in time, I feel like they're kind of going their separate ways. Um, well, here's the problem, though. Uh, the Dangerous Techers still have one more title match. They right. won and it then, on and nine Tom, number one. Yeah, and then Toma Tonga and Tonga Lower are the tag team champions. They are the tag team champions currently, yes. So you yes. know that's going to happen. Yes. Although I feel like that, that match will be kind of that last sort of thing and then the rivalry is gonna kind of go off at least for now or or it, it's gonna you know those teams are gonna go their separate ways right at least for now they will most likely right. clash again and um, given the chemistry that they have I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it again right and um, I don't, I don't mind it I mean I'm glad that they got the the side of the rivalry that's kind of weird for a lot of people over with. Right, with, um, the iron right. fingers, or the iron finger of doom, or whatever it is. Um, I'm glad that they did get that done And they yep. had really good singles matches For night number yep. one And the tag team match was surprisingly good Which is why they want to continue to promote Dangerous Techers and Gorillas at Destiny Because they have really good chemistry All the way around From storytelling to match quality You're never going to get wrong with that Right. But the problem is Is that there are other teams In New Japan that yep. definitely will need it Um, I feel like, once again, COVID is coming into play Mm -hmm. about what they can do. I feel like we would have definitely have seen Thin Juice somewhere in the title scene at this point. Point. But they're they're stuck in America, of course, doing the and and we talked about this last week with Impact Wrestling, we right? Did, or a few weeks ago with Impact Wrestling, we kind of knew that they're going to kind of stay in the U.S. for the time being, at least until the summer. So and um, then we have we have El Fantasmo now going to. Um, impact because yeah. it might be a little bit harder for him to go to japan right now um especially given the new um state of emergency orders uh for certain parts of japan i totally understand it so what about this um con- fucking zack saber okay right. i do want to say something about like zack saber jr it. that bothered me um i did not know he sp- um, spoke fluent japanese and that was weird you're weird He's been in Japan for, like, five or six years. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just... Anyway, speaking of I I just just wasn't expecting somebody that was coming right out of fucking... um, Speaking of an individual that cannot (laughs) speak a language, let's talk about the rivalry that's continuing between um, the United Empire and Los Angeles de Japón. I'm trying to find... Just in general. There we go. Okay, there we go. Trying to find a picture. like, Like, this team. Like, these two teams this is I think United Empire's first big there we go that's a much bigger big, big rivalry like sort of thing. I don't know what what are your opinions on this So I definitely think that yeah 100% obviously we have multiple components in rivalries mm-hmm. We have obviously Dakaji and Osprey we have um, Naito and Great Khan. Uh, from that point on, there aren't a whole lot going right now, but I could definitely see Aaron Hernandez, Sonada, mm-hmm. Sonada, Jeff Cobb. Right. Um, obviously, with Bushy being a junior, it's a little bit more challenging for him because there are no junior heavyweights. Right. In um, United Empire, not for right now. At but... least right now. Here's my thing. Um, I want to see Robbie Eagles in United Empire. I think that you're I, I was thinking like they need a good junior heavyweight in that, that They department. they gotta have a really good junior heavyweight. El Fantasmo I think he's too much of a renegade to be a part of a United Empire. No, El Fantasmo is not a good He's he's a bullet that. club right. guy. He's a bullet club guy. Yep. Um Robbie Eagles would be the right guy. Yep. He's Australian, so uh country I mean Aaron Hanare's from New Zealand. It's not the we, same. But we talked about having that sort of like country guy, like that right. sort of like Outback renegade outlaw. Robbie like, Robbie Eagles. Robbie Eagles. We were thinking about like like if um oh god, who who was that? Um, uh, Corey Graves' brother. What was his name? Oh, um Sam Donis. Sam Adonis. If Sam Adonis was in Japan, he'd be part of Night Empire. And he because would be representing the American renegade, part of it. Right, that renegade outlaw. Because now, now, right, now keep in mind is that um, the gimmick that um, Sam Adonis was, he was the pro-Trump supporter in Mexico. And he was the leader of that faction right. that people like Brian Cage were in. And they were Uber, like they, they were like like waving flags that literally had Trump's face on it. In Mexico right. around 2015, 2016, right. you can't get more heat than that. Right. But my point, by the point being is that there are so there are, many people that can join it. But the right. problem is, is that with the United Empire, you are limited to one person per um, country or culture, but that is the beauty of it as well because there are so many different people that can join a faction like this. You, know what I'd really like to see, and I'm not and, even and, sure. And quite frankly, when it comes I, to, I, I when wanna, it comes to New Japan, you shouldn't really have more than like seven or eight people per right. faction. And here's my thing: I want to I want to see some controversy with the United Empire right. to a point of craziness. I want to see either an Indian member, like you know, Indian Indian member of it, right, which is like the, the dot Indians, like subcontinent right. Indians, right? That Damn. would be crazy to the United Empire. Are you kidding? Damn. That would be insanely controversial. What? What about what about the fat eight-year-old Indian boy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was what was his name? I can't remember. I watch a lot of. I watch a lot of um E.D. Mark, Eady, ra- right. Mark Apparently apparently Peanut Gallery does not know who he watches at all. But um, the problem is that is, one guy who's it's it's, a hawk? it's it's either that or I would love to see like a Ugandan, a um, uh you know, an, a, like an sub Saharan African member. Like IRL. Like Right. Like Kofi Kingston if he went to New Japan became a heel. I mean it was was West was West Ghana part of the uh was was that part of uh, Sub Saharan? Yes, technically. No no well I mean I was I was talking about more so as a part of like part of um British Empire. Oh yeah, Empire. absolutely. Ghana was a huge part of the British Empire. Okay. I mean I, I could see that physically. I'm just not sure what would happen. <laughs> but you know, here. Kofi Kingston has his dick. Firmly into the asshole of Vince McMahon. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. But I would definitely see I would love to see that kind of um not only racial integration, but also that controversial part where right. oh, I'm the representative of this country, but I'm underneath a Brit. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. And you know, this is another thing I found interesting, just in general and we're talking about Bullet Club versus, um, you know, like for example, night number one, Bullet Club was facing a, a faction that was not associated with any faction, like the um, the match between Evil Yujiro Taichi and Dick Togo versus Toriano, Tenzan Tiger Mask and Master. Wado. Was it number one and number two? It was night number one, but night number two was really kind of the same thing where Yujiro and Taichi were facing. A uh, Hiryoshi on Master Wado. I think right. this kind of harkens back to my thing about how Bullet Club is kind of that dominant heel faction, trying to get one over on the. I will non-faction. say it's it, it's not as popular as it once was. No, definitely. because there are a lot of face factions now. Right. And I think that um, Bullet Club's rivalry. I mean, they've they've done a lot of rivalries with a lot of different people, but I think their big one right now, I think, is. Um, with just New Japan in general. Well, that's, but I that's feel my like, point. My point is that I feel Bowl like the club is kind of the big heel faction right now, even though they started out as a renegade. Uh, uh, I think I think they should harken back to that renegade esque style. I feel. Maybe. and I think I think that's what's missing from it. We're not getting a lot of of um you see you're, you're getting a lot of individual rivalries right. like with evil and toro but it's like let's really start to promote going against new japan in general mm-hmm. um you know i'm, I'm usually not and the it, biggest fans of factions right. or anything like that but, but, but the point being is that i think that Um, Bullet Club has kind of taken on that mantle of that heel faction in general. There's a thing about controversy that I really enjoy and they're really, other than maybe United Empire that has the opportunity to have some controversy, there really isn't anything there. And I think part of it also, it's like they don't know who wants to be a main eventer. It's like Evil was double champion at one right. point where Bullet Club was actually now starting to be, starting to gain that momentum again. Bullet because, Club is kind of put off to the wayside now because really my— Right, the, right, the now, right now United Empire is United the main Empire focus. United Empire is yep. the new—, the new Dominant heel, even though they're not big, they're kind of the dominant heel faction. Here's mm-hmm. Bullet Club kind of languishing off to the sidelines. But, but they but they have titles. But then you have like John Moxley, who has that stranglehold on the United States Heavyweight Champion. Mm-hmm. Where they don't want him to lose it, but at the same time, how much traveling can he do? I think they really got to bring back that belt. They, well, they got to bring back just... I mean, here's the thing. is That Bullet Club will not be revived until travel comes back. That's my opinion. Right. Absolutely. 100%. I, I don't think that Bullet Club... Because there are obviously a lot of people outside of outside of uh, Japan that are and part it's, of Bullet it's, Club. And it's and In it's spirit really, in some way. Right. And it's really hard to bring... Any kind of I mean, other people back, like you, you got to bring back Gallows and Anderson. You got to bring back Kenta. You got to bring back even someone like El um, Fantasmo. Yeah. You got to bring back that strong junior heavyweight that was going to go right. for the heavyweight champion. Um, with you any gotta, kind you of bring with, with, back even Kenny Omega because he's part of the bull club. Well, kind of. Um, I would say that he's more so uh, kind of by himself. He's kind of in his own weird thing. He is. He's kind of um, here's, here's, But here's, you know what? Hey, that would be a great here's, addition. Here's my thing. Here's my thing about this is that travel will definitely really shoehorn in. I think a lot of rivalries that New Japan are thinking. I think it's um, going to bring New Japan. I mean, it's going to bring Bullet Club back up to kind of the top factor. And I think I think like one thing that we said about Robbie Eagles is a very important thing. Um, is a guy who will really fit within that premise of the United Empire, a great junior heavyweight Mm -hmm. from a a territory that is still at least to a point British controlled. And that's what we need. We need some controversy kind of pushed into it. And also the problem is— New Japan's strong. It's almost his own thing. Right. Let's start, And they, they can't integrate that in yet. So it's, it's very challenging. Um, um, they're, they're kind of in limbo right now. Right. And it's really hard. And, I mean, I definitely understand and, New and Japan's problem. I, I, and they're trying their right. best. And I really do like how they're bringing an empire. You know, they're kind of bringing that together, doing a slow burn. They're trying their best mm-hmm. to do what they can do, and they're doing a great job with it, and but they I, don't have all the tools right, in the toolbox yet. Right, and, and I, think that, I think that once things do open back up, I can see a lot of those foreigners come back, oh, 100%. come back into the ball club, kind of display some of those other ones. I mean, I could see fucking evil go to United Empire at some point. I mean, I could. Maybe. Possibly. I mean... I don't, I don't want to take anything right. away from Great O'Conn. That's the no, problem that's there. No, that's the problem. Great Khan is the bee's knees right now right. with the United Empire. Exactly. I think Evil's perfect um, in Bullet Club. And yeah, he's perfect in Bullet Club, but I think that as Bullet Club brings back those foreigners, I fear that Evil might be put off to the wayside. Evil might need to do something a little bit different. But Maybe you know maybe what? start his own thing? Yeah, maybe start his own faction. Maybe start something a little more controversial. Here's the one thing that I love about Evil is that he is the king of darkness. He is. And I feel like I want um, something a little more dark. You know? I want I want I want that edgy dark. I, I want yeah. a nice edgy dark team that does I want like brood on steroids dark. That's what I was thinking. Like, oh, um, maybe something with a little more hardcore edge or um, something to where they will actually, like, brutalize a right. person to where Cause, any any yeah. any match under them will be one under-referee stoppage right. or something. That's what I want. I want brutal. But, yeah. And, and, and mean, I think mean, that's something that's, 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 that's kind my of hurt. The point is, is that it feels like Ball Club is kind of lost right now. They're, mm-hmm. they're just kind of languishing – waiting for something to happen. It's like it's well, once again I feel like it's hard because of the pandemic. It is, but it really is. But you understand where I'm coming oh, from. Oh one hundred I, I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah. That empire is really kinda of and, obvi- and obviously torch. With, with these forbidden doors opening up with a bunch of these other companies, there's gonna be a lot more yeah. freedom to do a bunch of other things. Oh yeah. Where maybe the elites may not rejoin Bullet Club, but the elite will be a different faction right. within of itself. We'll obviously have. Um, we'll have Gallows and Anderson rejoin the Bullet Club because they're kind of there already. They're like halfway Bullet Club, anyways. They're kind of halfway, halfway. But then we'll obviously see like people joining back and forth. But I think I think most people will get the picture. Yeah, is that the the once again here is the pandemic getting in the problem right. where. Um, New Japan is trying their best to make sure that there's good entertaining matches, and they're doing their best, and they're doing good stuff. I think but that New Japan is. There's there there's definitely a limit to what they can do. And I think that New Japan over the next six months, I see, I think that you'll see them kind of recapture that spirit. One hundred percent. A club. By 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 the end of the year, New Japan will have its spirit back, no problem. Right. But for right now, especially with Don'taku it was just kind of missing something i can't tell you what i think maybe um part of it was the change in schedule um but that's outside of their own right. thing so i can't nick them for it And that's why we did um make pro wrestling majestic with again within of its own little bubble instead of having it each individual match Right. So, anyways, that's kind of what we have. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Next week we are going to be going over WrestleMania Backlash. Yes, and really that's pretty much it. I'm going to do a um I'm gonna do wrestling lesson around Backlash, and Pina and Gallery do... will try to do something around kind of the over encompassing thing of that, or something around WWE. I have not yet decided. Yes, but if you did enjoy this, remember to subscribe to the channel. You guys have been freaking awesome. We're going so freaking fast Websites, I'm hoping will be done by next week. Yes, we'll have really cool exclusive content for maybe for some paid... Exclusive news stories, opinions, all that fun stuff. For maybe some paid subs or something. And we are also... Um, I'm thinking that we do a gallery of our predictions for those people that are not following us on, on Instagram or Snapchat. Yes, follow I that do too. Encourage yeah. that. And Definitely we'll give our full opinion on it. But you know what? We will let you know once that website is up, but remember next week, this is a special Saturday, next week be back on Sunday, Yep. but as always, be majestic. So we are back, and with Pina Gallery talking about the significance of um, single pay-per-views that happen, like your insurrections, your invasions, and Bad Bloods, I want to talk about the history of Backlash, because Backlash has a very diverse, very in-depth history. Backlash actually started back in 1996. 1999 is the first one that was started with Backlash, Um, but it wasn't originally just called Backlash. It was actually an In Your House event, because at that time, uh, WWE only hosted five events a year, and they were called the Big Five, which were Survivor Series, WrestleMania, um, Royal Rumble, um, SummerSlam, and In Your House. They had your main events in between and then your big ticketed events, but there were really only five big shows. And the 1999 backlash was no different, at least to the beginning. But this was during the Attitude Era, and there was a demand, especially because WCW at that time was running monthly shows. WWE wasn't doing that yet. So they decided right in the middle... Of actually, right at the beginning, I think it was like a month out, they decided to promote um, monthly pay per views. And this was not the first one, this was not the only show that came out from the In Your House era. We see it now with NXT TakeOver, and there's actually going to be one coming up here, I believe, in July, um, an NXT TakeOver In Your House again. But there was In Your your House Backlash, there was a Judgment Day, there was an Armageddon. All of them were In Your House events before this one. This was the first show outside of that Big Five that was named something different other than those Big Fives. And from this point, at least to what we know now and today, there have always been a monthly Pay per view event. And I do not believe this was, um, I believe this was the uh, one where they actually got rid of the In Your House as well because they changed it. Um, It was a permanent title that was taken away and it was no longer a B show. Backlash was always viewed as like a B plus A show because it was right after WrestleMania. Um, Backlash actually has a great tradition as well of bringing in debuts. There have been a ton of debuts um, on this show. Mojo Raleigh, Just Incredible, Sean O'Hare, Brock Lesnar, Umaga, and God all debuted, and there goes my um, NHL hockey thing. Um, all of them, their first debut show was at a Backlash event. Huh. So it's one of the only shows that has the most frequented pay-per-view debuts of any pay-per-view currently going uh, right now. So let's talk about Backlash of 2000. This one was very interesting. This was the most bought B show at that time. Six hundred and seventy-five thousand pay-per-view buys for the two thousand backlash, um, and it was the it was only ever topped by the WWE WCW Invasion pay-per-view of two thousand and one, which, if I'm not mistaken, is still the most purchased B-show pay-per-view in WWE history. Hmm. As a comparison. That year's Royal Rumble and SummerSlam drew 590,000 and 570,000 buys, respectively, highlighting how emotionally invested WWE's paying customers were in the invasion rivalry between The Rock and Hunter over um, the WWE spring campaigns. And it culminated here at Backlash. So that's why it always got such a gigantic buy, especially then. The 2002 backlash was interesting in a lot of ways. Um, There are two really big stories along with this, and it's definitely something to really kind of break down if I can find the picture. There we go. It featured this match. Triple H, the then Undisputed Champion, versus Hulk Hogan. This show was the first, first show with the 2002 brand extension when they decided there were too many people on there. Also, this was the first WWE event held in the Kemper Arena. The Kemper Arena is significant because this was the first event after the Owen Hart tragedy. Ah, yes, same building, the first WWE event since that over-the-edge event. But this match in particular was very significant. Hunter himself actually made the suggestion to drop the newly won WWE title to Hogan just a month after, um, you know, basically getting his uh, quad ripped from 2001. Uh, He didn't want the title anymore. And also Hulk Hogan at this time was white hot. I mean, nuclear hot because 2002's one was after WrestleMania 18. Hulk Hogan, The Rock. And based on the reaction from that Canadian crowd with Hogan, he separated out from the NWO. He went off back to the black and white, or the black, the black and white, um, <laughs> the yellow and red. And he won the champion. Um, after his February return at No Way Out, and then he would obviously switch it to Undertaker the very next pay per view because obviously it's Hulk Hogan. I think he was like 58 at the time, so he was definitely older. But this was a very very significant event um, because of a lot of those reasons. Huh. And, and you were, I mean, really there isn't like a whole lot to talk about regarding backlash. Um, Kane is the person who has won the most Backlash matches of all time. Uh, there isn't really a significant title percentage change record in Backlash's history. And really it's just always been the pay-per-view of a new rivalry resurrection. Other than a couple of certain matches. One of them in particular was the back... the only backlash that was held outside of the United States, which was after WrestleMania 20, that was held in Montreal, and they did the rematch between Chris Benoit, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels, where Chris Benoit made Shawn Michaels tap out to the sharpshooter to retain the world champion at the time. There was obviously a lot of gigantic ramifications regarding this because going into it, uh, Shawn Michaels was incredibly booed. Um, He made fun (laughs) of Canada and all of this stuff, but then he lost at that event, which was actually really cool because Chris Benoit tapped out Triple H to win the title, but then tapped out Shawn Michaels to retain the title. That's awesome. (laughs) um, At that time. and that match is actually still regarded as one of the best Backlash matches of all time uh, just because of where it was, who tapped out to what, and also Chris Benoit was the hard- the hottest world champion right. at that right. time. So, um, obviously mine is just a little bit shorter than Peanut Galleries, but really, Backlash is just one of those shows where it's been around forever, and there have been very big big things that have happened on this show. And it should never be a show that is taken lightly. But, you know, there is just not anything that's, like, outwardly out there other than big moments. Right. Um, This is not Royal Rumble. This is not WrestleMania. It's Backlash. There have been a couple years where Backlash didn't even exist. Right. So... Um, that's kind of what I have for a wrestling lesson. Peanut gallery, do you have anything to add regarding backlash? Anything? Not really. I think I think I covered like the latter half and you right. covered the first half, yeah, so absolutely. there we go. So when we come back, we're going to not only make backlash and WWE Majestic, but we're gonna make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. Alright, let's make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. Can um, we just get this out of the way? Yeah, no, we're, we're No, gonna... no, no zombies. No. no. So, okay, you know what? Let's just go right into this right off the gate because obviously we're going to do this. We're just going to do this all in one just, big Let's just start part. ranting this shit. So, let's talk about this one just right off the bat. So, number one. Fuck. No to fucking zombies. Um, the only time when zombies are actually fucking acceptable in my goddamn world is if it's in a backstage segment and if the person is fucking supernatural. Um, other than that, there was no fucking point. It was other... an obvious plug. for other, other than to sit there and fucking jerk off Batista until his blue cum comes out on Vince McMahon's fucking face, it did not give a fuck. Um, it ruined a match that could have been actually fairly decent yep. if it was an actual lumberjack match between fucking The Miz and goddamn Damian fucking Priest. But no, they did this, and honestly, it devalued them to me as yep. individuals. I mean, you ruined Damian Priest. There goes his run. Bye. <laughs> Hopefully, you go to fucking AEW where maybe you're treated better than dog shit. I know. It's like, this, is, even this f- is WWE's MO. So they take someone in from NXT, he's the hottest act, and then what do you do? You shit all over him. And right. That's you what shit happened. the fucking bed, and then you blame everybody else, is what happens when you have 30 fucking writers. Um, let's talk about... Well, well now, what's The Miz gonna do? Okay, so where does... A, the Miz does obviously a company guy for life. He's right. a lifer. He doesn't care what he's gonna get. He's gonna get a fucking retirement package and a 401k from this fucking company. Anyways, let's talk a little bit about what The Miz's future is. Damian Priest has no future in this company. He's probably gonna have a couple of really bad matches. Hopefully he doesn't resign. If he does, he's a fucking idiot. Um, and then he's gonna go somewhere he's, else. He's gonna languish on main event. Yep. He's gonna languish on fucking main event like we see every goddamn other person, and I'm just, I hate it because he's so good. And then what about the Miz? Um, the Miz is going to continue to kind of be that middle of the road guy. Yeah. Um, he's really he's probably not gonna win another WWE title. Um, if he does, great because obviously the Miz has busted his ass, and um, they made chicken. I mean, they tried to make chicken chat chicken salad tonight, but they did it on WrestleMania. They yep. really did. And it's something to really atone to that. But unfortunately, Damian Priest got over by himself, so he's kind of sucked right. in. The Miz is fine. I know. Who cares? At this point, this kind of ruined it for both of them. Uh, Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon, you can suck literally the fattest part of my dick. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Ray. I mean, really, do we really have to say really anything about how to make this more majestic again? Get more comfortable, ladies. You guys were... Wrestling right. in quicksand. I know it was bad. The rivalry, these guys, these guys should have practiced. Um, like practice, right. practice. Pr- oh my god! The rivalry itself was fine. I love the stuff with Charlotte. I really do. Her thing with Sony Deville. I would honestly, if it was up to me, I would have done some bullshit. Yep. And actually had Sony Deville come out here. Yep. To continue to perpetuate the favoritism to Charlotte. I want. I want Sony Deville to be Charlotte's manager. I don't know. I kind of like her still being that authority but still kind of playing favorites. If they still kind of did something like this to perpetuate ooh, that, you know what? They should do a rematch of this with Sonya Deville as a special guest referee. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> you know, so here's my thing. This match itself wasn't bad it wasn't a bad match the ladies worked hard but there were just some places where it looked too choreographed um it could have been done a little bit better Yep. but i thought actually the rivalry going into it was fine i can i can see charlotte being a mega heel oh yeah with with um sonny deville being the only referee that she trusts And then she and then Sonny DeVille as a referee puts Charlotte over every single match. Right. That'd be kind of cool. Right. It would be kind of – it would be an interesting twist – on a, a manager whatever that we've seen a million times. Right, absolutely. I think that'd be a really cool dynamic that I would personally yeah. enjoy. It's like she's not just the manager. She's the personal referee of Charlotte. That'd be really cool. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, – what was the second match. Oh, doesn't right. matter. We're going out of order anyways. Um, let's, let's just talk about this one because I have it up already. So um, overall – I thought the injury angle was kind of useless. It was useless. There really wasn't um, anything. But, but overall, I did like the bullying aspect. What, what I yes, and see that is where I want to continue with this rivalry. I want to continue. I, I to... want to continue to see Bobby Roode and now it was, um, it, was it was obvious of what happened. Roode, Rude and Ziggler. I want to see them continue to bully, um, bully, and, uh, yeah, bully, and yeah, bully manipulate Dominic, and and make Dominic less, um, less. I guess, comfortable or confident in his abilities to cause him to start losing matches even on his own dad's behalf. Right, and I think that'd be really interesting because they're already putting that in there. It's right. Like, oh, we could have done better. Maybe it'd be better with us. Maybe even see some sort of right um, pseudo heel churn with I could, Dominic I could, and Ray. Oh, what about um, what about Murphy joining Dom? Not not Dominic. Murphy joining uh, Rude and Ziggler. I can see that. Yeah. Because obviously now Murphy... there's that history there. Yeah. There's that trust. Yeah. Thank God they stopped that. that oh, I know. Right? But anyways, but you that's a way to continue without really continuing it. Right. Um, maybe even have um, Buddy Murphy possibly doing that same kind of manipulation tactic right. um, against Dominic right. to set that up yes. and maybe do something else. Right. Um, but all I know is that the wrong person, the, I mean, even though I chose the Mysterios to win because they obviously wanted to make history, um, for storyline purposes about everything, they kind of did this wrong. Um, I, I honestly think they did. But, you know, it is what it is. It was actually fine. I like this match a lot, so we'll move on. Um, let's talk about Blair Bailey. Okay, so um, Bianca Blair needs a little more uh, she experience. Just, she just needs a little more time. I mean, that's it. She, she needs time. needs a little more time. And see, that's why I think that joining her up with the Street, street Profits and doing something like that... Would be beneficial for right. for her because it would it would hide her well, weaknesses. Well number, well, number one, she shouldn't have gone up to the main roster when she did. It was a little too soon. It's just a little too soon, and we complained the same thing about Lacey Evans. It was just a little too soon. You gotta keep them in there unless they're like indie darlings like your Adam Coles and your Kyle O'Reillys, your Charlotte Flares, whatever. Right. Like well, Charlotte Flair was trained there, but I think Charlotte Flair is that rare exception right. where. Um, She's fucking Charlotte Flair. So right. Ric Flair obviously did something there. Uh, but, you know, Bailey is just awesome. Right. I love Bailey, And honestly, um, if... If they if, want to continue with if, this, if there was, if this there was is a fine. little Yeah. If there was a little more seasoning on that Bianca Belair cake, this match would have been over-the-top yeah, spectacular. Been. Yes, absolutely it would have And it really been. wasn't a booking thing. I kind of no. like that whole Bailey bullying, on um, right. Bianca... Um, but I think at this point maybe you can't really do that anymore because Bailey lost right. clean. And see, that's my biggest. Well, it problem. wasn't. It wasn't really clean. It was still a roll up. It so was. So honestly, in a way, it wasn't clean, clean. No, it wasn't clean. Clean. So you could theoretically do something more with this. That's fine. Yep. Uh, let's talk about this one. Um, uh, at this point, Drew McIntyre needs to get out of the title scene. He does. I'm tired of him having I, title yeah, matches. Me too. Get him away from it for at least a while. Um, maybe, maybe kind of slowly integrate him back into that title scene around Royal Rumble time. Right. Um, he's he's done for me. Yes, he, he, he has. He has had way too many title shots, and I get it. There's nothing against McIntyre, but let's continue and perpetuate new contenders. Right. And have them continue. Who, who would be a good contender, though, for Bobby Lashley at I this would point. I would rather see Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley in a singles match for the title. Yep, um, do a Hell he, in a Cell, yep, in a Hell he really, in a Cell he, match. That'd be great. Uh, maybe even a Braun Strowman Drew McIntyre match number one contender for SummerSlam at least to get McIntyre away from it for at least a month. Right, but what's Bobby Lashley? What Bob? What's Bobby Lashley's future? I guess what what? Who do you see in the pipeline besides these two for the title? I mean, mm. maybe Randy Orton, but Randy Orton's doing his thing with Riddle. Right. You can. I mean, with Randy Orton, there's that thing with Riddle. Um. You see, that's the problem, though. They really haven't built maybe anybody. Maybe the fiend, else. if the fiend wants, if the fiend well, comes yeah, back. Okay, so so let's talk about the fiend even before we do this. Um, Bray White has had at least a little bit more of a struggle regarding the um, death of Brody Lee. So I could I could see the, the fiend come back for SummerSlam to face Bobby Lashley. mm mm-hmm. Um. I could see him come back at SummerSlam. Maybe Bobby. Maybe there's like a big number one contenders match next week or tomorrow or whatever. Um, they start building that match pretty well. Um, obviously, they've had like the Riddle Bobby Lashley and thing if you, there. Maybe maybe if a triple you, threat with Riddle and Randy Orton. Right, and if you have the Bron, if you have Braun Strowman in there, obviously that's a pretty good in. I think for someone like Bray Wyatt. Right. Maybe do something with that. Yeah. Um, really just depending on Bray Wyatt's mental health. But I feel like at this point Braun Strowman at least needs to be there. Yeah. Um, but if not, I could see Strowman and Drew McIntyre continue their rivalry. They have really good chemistry. They do, but uh, number one contenders, no one's going to be interested. They want to see a title match with Bobby Lashley and That's what they want to see. Well, yeah, but I mean, with Bobby Lashley, I honestly, for me. I would actually keep Bobby Lashley off of pay-per-view until SummerSlam. Seriously, they're mm-hmm. not going to do that. I know they're not, but that's what I would do. Well, of course, that's what you because would they, do. Because they got to build people. And if Bobby Lashley is continuing to defend the WWE champion against fucking Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman, then what the fuck is the point? Right, exactly. So keep, keep Bobby Lashley off of it for a while. Maybe have him start a budding rivalry with somebody. Have them prove themselves at pay-per-views by maybe even beating those two because they're Two pay-per-views in between right. now and SummerSlam. Like I said, I think it'd be a great time to introduce the Fiend a little bit. Right, but they got like, like they got they got to beat these two contenders. Like, they got to be no, 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 no. I mean, if you're if you're Bray Wyatt, you don't have to do that. You I just know. you just get your you just get your title match. I know, and but if, no, I, could, I can see, I, I ass can ass see I can see some I can see some Alexa Bliss manipulation of. Uh, of uh, not only Bobby Lashley, but also of um, uh, MVP. I would keep Alexa Bliss away from these people as much as mentally possible, honestly. Alexa Bliss is literally doing her own thing with the women's division. I hate that as much as it is. So clearly, I wouldn't even put them with involved with this at all. Nah. I, ju- I just wouldn't. Okay, fair enough. Um, that's just me personally. Uh, but, you know, it's just kind of hard to know. We'll see kind of what they want to do right. with it. They obviously have the roster for it, and they have some time so they can build something to SummerSlam. Right. But I would just not have the title defended until then, to be honest. Whatever. Okay. Anyways, let's move on to the next one. Um, I actually think we're at the last match. I think we're at um, uh, Rain cesaro Okay. Yeah, we're at Reign-Cesaro. So- rematch, rematch in Hell in a Cell. That's it. I mean, that's what you have to do. No, here's my thing. There's, there's too many. There's too much outside interference, obviously, no, no. Here's here's my thing. Here's my thing. I want to see because we had Jey Uso and Roman Reigns, which were fantastic matches. We're seeing that deception. We're seeing that. You want to see apart. Jimmy Uso versus Roman Reigns? I do. I want to see that a couple of times. Cesaro um, beats Jey Uso to gain that number one contendership for SummerSlam, um, even at Hell in a Cell or the pay per view after, which, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's Extreme Rules. Maybe, yeah. Um, And then Cesaro proves himself again to continue to perpetuate it. Reigns maybe not defend it for a month because they can't just have the main champions defend it every fucking month. They do it anyways. I know they do. You know Fuck it. let's let's be realistic here at the same time that we're trying to do. We're making Pro Wrestling booking. Majestic again, that will make it majestic again. They don't have to defend the fucking title every goddamn show. It's not necessary. But they do I mean AEW's world fucking champion is so prestigious. You know why? Here, here let me let me give you guys a fucking pro tip. It's not defended every fucking month. It's not. It's literally not. So there's no point of having both titles defended at every fucking pay-per-view every fucking month. It doesn't make sense. Right. We need to build rivalries. And unfortunately, because they want to defend both titles at every fucking event, it's hard to do that. If you wanna make pro wrestling majestic again, if you wanna make WWE majestic again, you can't do that anymore. Right. You gotta Build the credibility of other people You don't have to build the credibility of Roman Reigns He's already champion You don't (laughs) have to give Bobby Lashley any more credibility Fucking pro tip He's already champion So there's no reason for it (laughs) (laughs) That's why Brock Lesnar was such a great WWE (laughs) champion He wasn't defending it every fucking week He wasn't (laughs) <laughs> That's true <laughs> I mean people, people always bitch about Brock Lesnar But then when he was on pay-per-view You know it was special Because they had time to build those contenders Because he was champion Exactly <laughs> And people bitch about it And now I'm sitting here saying I want Roman Reigns away for a minute He doesn't have to do it anymore <laughs> Like fuck You have an intercontinental championship For god fucking sake Instead of giving a stupid fucking medal to a New Zealander pretending to be Nigerian, how about you build something around that? That's what that title is supposed to be. But no, they want to sit there and jerk themselves off. Oh. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to add? Like any other? Well, what about what about other? Straight to my point. Yeah. Well, what about other titles or anything like that? I I would love to see the Raw Tag Team Champions defend the next pay per view. I would too. I would honestly love to see the Raw Tag Team Champions defended. They have um, Viking Raiders back, and they're winning matches. I would like to see something. The Viking Raiders versus Omos and AJ. That'd be great. That'd be cool. You have you know Omos, who's a big powerhouse. AJ, who's... What's going on with our, our friend Apollo Cruz? I told you he's giving stupid medals to somebody who's trying to pretend to be fucking Nigerian. Oh, that's right. Um, he's with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which honestly, I don't mind them being there. A solid little mid-card thing going on there. But with Big E, let's maybe put him up there and start um, looking at the Universal Champion. Yeah. Because that's what they wanted to do. Right. But they're not doing that right now. Yeah. They're just sitting there jerking off Cesaro, Roman Reigns, and the fucking Usos in a weird gangbang... Um, it's, fine. Orgy. it's fine. It's fine because I like I like the Usos dynamic and it's really interesting. Right? Oh, I I love it. I really do. And with Raw, I mean, we already just bitched enough and a half about that. But once again, you you run into that thing that they're defended every week and you can't do anything. You gotta build more people. Right? You have such great talent. AJ's good where he is. Building up Omas. And it's fine because you have that workhorse with AJ, that experience, and Omas is looking like a fucking killer. And I'm so happy about it because they're, they're doing Omas right. So, I mean, really, that's all I really have to say about this. Pinky, do you have anything else to add before I start screaming again? No, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the zombies. So, the <laughs> zombies can all die in a fire um, the Miz. But they're already dead. I mean, Maurice has had enough fucking tequila to kill a bull elephant um, due to watching that. And I'm pretty sure that she put the kids to bed before that because she knew it was going to be dog shit. And hopefully that those two little girls will never see their father in that kind of bullshit because it was just that. It was embarrassing. And Johnny Drip Drip... Can go fucking <laughs> to hell, hell, <laughs> and unfortunately, his wife had to watch him. Hey, hey, hop, hop. No. No, I'm gonna kill Peanut Gallery later. So, anyway, next week. We have a very special episode for you next week. I now, cannot wait. Now, has it been. Con- now, is this confirmed? This is, is from the SEC. Okay. We're going to be reading verbatim. There's going to be no wrestling lesson, no heckling from the hard camera. It's literally going to be just one long-form show. We're going to look at an FCC-confirmed WWE contract. And not just that, a main eventer contract. Yes, we're talking a Stephanie McMahon-Levesque WWE contract, oh, and, and we're gonna put it right on the goddamn screen. I'm and gonna we're gonna, put gonna a go line to bottom of that And we are gonna go line by line, a precept by precept, and we are going to dissect the hell out of this contract. Do you think? Do you th- Honestly, okay, here, here's an idea. Do you think we should actually do a live reading, like a live live? Yeah, not not pre-recording like we're doing. Like live live. Ooh. You know what? fuck it. It's going to be live live. <laughs> it's going to be live. It's going to be live. I'm g- we're going to do it 100% live because there's no cutting, no anything. Right. Live. 100%. Yep. And so, and we'll just have on the screen. We'll have it on the screen back here. Yep. And we're just going to read right through and, it. And guess what i guess what we do? I'm going to link the actual um, PDF in the description so you yep. can read along with us and this, that's just how we're going to do it. Um, I'm going to record it for um, our podcast as well, but yes. if you're on YouTube, you're actually going to watch it live with us. Yes. So that's going to be awesome. So um, keep a lookout. Subscribe to our channel. Um, join us down below. Become a patron for really cool content. Um, we're going to have some really cool things where we're going to be adding new shows um, when we reach a certain amount of people adding. Um, and So check that out. And as always, be majestic. Majestic.